everybody. Again, it is Monday, and it is Snipes and Stripes weekend edition. There wasn't much hockey this weekend. Tim Peel, my awesome counterpart in Snipes and Stripes right here on No Filter. But, again, it was the All-Star game, and we have to talk a little bit about the All-Star game because I loved going to All-Star games. I went to nine. Uh, I'm not going to say I watched a lot of it, but I did catch some glimpses of it. I, I do want to say I thought the National Hockey League did a really good job of entertaining in a lot of different facets. There were a lot of things going on. There were um, there were parties. There were performances. They I really liked the changes that they had in the skills competition. I really enjoyed the captains being able to pick their teams and going at it three three on three. Um, it was probably one of the probably one of the more i guess enjoyable ones all stars that we've had in the last few years but it's still an all star game you went to nine all star games here first of all let's backtrack a bit nine is impressive buddy Thank that you. is Thank that you. is unbelievable yeah I I, you know i i think i, I, I was mad was i was mad when I, I was mad when i didn't get picked so you know unfortunately but wasn't one of them in Chicago when you played my first one, my first one, my first all-star game ever. A huge thrill for you. Yeah. 1991 was coming off of the Gulf war. They were actually thinking about canceling it because of all the problems that that we were having in the middle East. Uh And um, it was the best, one of the loudest, one of the most entertaining, one of the most patriotic uh, national anthems that I've ever heard anywhere. And especially in Chicago stadium with the sound of Wayne Mesmer singing, the sound of the people cheering, oh. the amount of banners and the amount of flags that were hung in Chicago stadium was like the, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. One of the best spectacles I've ever seen. So would have give, cool. given you chills back then, buddy, as a rookie too. Yeah. And you know, those are, the, those are the days when we, when we were excited, we got picked, you know, Gretz was right. always there. Mario was always there. Mess was always there. Yager was always there. Eisman was always there. It was like it was, it was, it was looked at as a as an honor, and you know, to represent your team and to be one of the best players in the world on top of the best players in the world. Uh, looking at this past weekend, the best players in the world were there, and the best players of the best players. And I do have to say, you know, it's one thing, it's one thing to go and be excited. You know, I was really happy that Sidney Crosby went this year. And who knows yeah. if this will be his last year. Uh, but he was there do, doing his thing. But I, I gotta I gotta I gotta give Kucherov some shit. Nikita Kucherov, he, yes, he's having the the best season of anybody right now. Yeah, he's leading the scoring. He, but he was an, he was an absolute lazy ass dog on Friday at the skills competition. He could care less of even being there. The, the fans booed him, which he deserved. Um, his give-a-shit meter was at an all-time low. And I understand you don't want to be doing that. You're going through a great season. You want to concentrate on what you're doing. But for God's sakes, have some respect for the the chosen aspect of being in that, entertaining the fans, and doing what you're supposed to do while you're there. I.e., a perfect example, Connor McDavid was an absolute superstar this whole weekend. From front to back, the effort that he put in off the ice – the effort 100%. that he put on during that skills competition where he just blew everybody away in the skills competition, how hard he worked, how fast he skated. Of all people yeah. that don't have to do it, Connor McDavid doesn't have to do it. Yet we had Kucherov be a lame, lame uh, duck. Uh, that pissed been, me off. Listen, that really pissed he, me off. 
he might have been drunk. Who knows? Who knows with Coochie? He might have been drunk, but I agree. It's disrespecting the game. It's disrespecting the fans. It's disrespecting the corporate sponsors. It's disrespecting the league. It's just, I agree. It's a bad representation of his team, too. It's a bad representation of his team. It looks terrible on the Tampa Bay organization. Um, I, I don't know what his problem was, but... What do you think? What do you think Connor McDavid did with the million bucks? Oh, uh, he's giving it to charity of some sort. There's no question about it. Or he's giving it to his trainers, or he's he's, he's moving it around to his trainers. I hope he gave a hundred grand here, a hundred grand there. I hope I hope he took care. I bet he had to have taken care of the trainers. And there's all those no question. Guys. No, there's no question. His trainers are going to get are going to get part of that. That's just how Connor McDavid is. I, I thought listen, the game was. I thought the game was good. Austin Matthews put up a great performance too. You know, getting the MVP, he was awesome in front of his own fans. Seeing his boy just uh, Justin Bieber there was—I th- I just thought they did a really good job of entertaining. All the players Bieber, worked hard. Did you see Bieber's coat? Oh, it was fantastic! It was just fantastic. <laughs> Only he could pull that off. Only he could so, pull that off. So, what was Sid? What was Sid doing in Big Sky, Montana, skating on an outdoor rink? the night before what was that all about do you know like was it a commercial was it a i don't know i don't know whether he was doing something for a company or doing an event or he was just wanting to get away so for a couple days and i know he's not he's not skiing he's not skiing but i thought it was pretty cool and and, you know for him to go up there and get on the isb outdoors do some do some skating do some work regardless of what he's doing um and then get on his pj and fly to uh toronto you know that's class to me i mean Sidney Crosby's yeah. all class. He's all oh, class. Sidney's the best. You know what? Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe next All-Star game will go because it looked like there were a lot of good parties. Uh, our good friend P.K. Subban was hosting a few. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it looked like the boys had a good time. So, yeah. I, I, listen, all in all, all in all, good job by the NHL to put on a, a very, very extensively busy um, NHL weekend. So well, my, thumbs very... up to, my thumbs up to everybody in the weekend except – except Nikita Kucherov, who gets a double thumbs down boo by me. Well, very quickly, my uh, all-star game that I did was in 2012 in uh, Ottawa. And, you know, the all-star game is always an afternoon game. Well, the night before, we're all at the hotel. You know, you, 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 the refs don't call any penalties in an all-star game. You're just picking up pucks and skating around. I, they almost called yeah. one on me because I because – I, I, you I took Jit, out a couple, Nick, I, didn't you? I hit Shitnik <laughs> a couple times in the game, yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> and and so we're pretty hungover during the during the game. But a funny story: I'm in Pittsburgh, PA, right now, and uh, longtime linesman Derek Amell is retired. His son's uh, in a top prospect tournament with the North American Hockey League, and seeing a lot of familiar faces at the rink today. Saw Brian Trache, got to talk to Brian Trache for a while. Awesome. Uh, he had all his rings. They asked him to come and show the kids. He had his seven, uh, uh, I think eight Stanley Cup rings. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Or six Stanley Cup rings, four and four with the Islanders and two with Pittsburgh. So it was a pleasure and an honor meeting Brian Trache. Um, and, uh, but that the night before the game, it's a funny story. Derek Amell, he always jokes. He was drinking with the mascots and the with with Chicken Hawk and Bailey and all those guys until five in the morning. That's and great. He, he looked like a bag of crap at the All Star game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's but it great. Was fun. Hey, big trade! Big trade last week. Elias Lindholm from uh, Calgary to Vancouver. All in, buddy. 
they are all in. Yeah, I think Vancouver sees sees the light at the end of the tunnel here. Lost you for a sec. Yeah. What? Yeah, I think I think Vancouver sees the light at the end of the tunnel here. I think they have a team that is putting up um, points left, right, and center, scoring goals like crazy, has a good defense, and filling in a few little holes that they see for, that they need for the second half. Elias Lindholm is a, is is a fantastic player, a fantastic addition to that lineup. Um, I I I definitely think his time was over in Calgary. I think uh, yes, with all the with all the problems that were going on there, I think he was probably one of the players actually that led to um, to Daryl Sutter getting fired uh, for his probably for not enjoying the Daryl Sutter coaching method, but uh, still a very good hockey player and a, and a guy that I think is going to fit in very well with Vancouver. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Vancouver does anything else come trade deadline, because I definitely think they have a team that can go, go a long way with the way that they're playing. Well, that Patrick Alvin, you know, he's the GM, but, Let's let's be honest. Uh, Jim Rutherford's got his fingerprints all over. It's all Jim Any, Rutherford, yeah, right. Absolutely. Everything that goes on. So uh, he's a wheeler and a dealer, and I, I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised if to see if they do something else before the trade deadline. You know, uh, Vancouver makes that trade, and then uh, a couple days later, Winnipeg's like, "Well, I guess we need to do something now," and they brought on uh, Sean Monaghan from, from Montreal, and he's going to help that club as well. He's been playing he, pretty well this year. He, yeah, he will. I think he's, he's on, his, on his comeback. Obviously, he's gone through a pretty low point in his career over the last year and a half, and I think getting into Montreal, getting a change of venue, his change of scenery is always really good. Um, so, obviously, uh, Winnipeg sees something that, on the up with him, and Sean Monaghan's a very good player, strong, really good hands, good goal scorer, very good on the power play. Um, if he's feeling good and, and, and back, you know, getting back to his, what we've noticed, uh, mm-hmm. what we've known from him early in his, in his Calgary days, uh, he's going to be another great addition to Winnipeg who also probably sees their, their sights at a Stanley cup final uh, appearance this year. You can't argue on either of them, Winnipeg or Vancouver about possibly having that chance to, well, to, if, to fight for the Stanley cup. If, if the, uh, the, uh, Canadian fans, and I mean the, fans of the entire nation are looking for a Stanley Cup to, to come back to the country of Canada. I, I think it's going through either Vancouver or Winnipeg. I don't think uh, I don't yeah, think it's not, Toronto, it's not going east, eastbound. It's, it's going to go going, westbound. It's not going through Toronto. We've talked about it at, at nauseum as far as uh, my feelings towards that team and, and how they're constructed. And it's not Treleving's fault. Uh, you know, he just came in, but they're just not strong enough defensively. So Good on Winnipeg. Good on our buddy Rick Tockett in Vancouver. Yep. They've got a, they got stellar goaltending. Demko might win the Vesna this year, and uh, him or Hellebuck, really, it could come down. Yeah, to they're both one of up those there, guys. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, we've had I think this is the seventh, sixth, or seventh coach that we've had fired this year, and uh, we and lost this, a good... this. This hey, listen, just like Chief was the one that bothered you the most, this one bothers me the most because Todd McClellan in L.A is a special person in my life. He was the last coach that I had in national hockey league and one of the nicest guys ever. I was close with him, uh, loved his sons. Uh, he treated me like a, like a, like a King. And, um, th- this one, I I'm pissed at the players at, this is not Todd McClellan's fault. This is all players. This is all lack of attitude, lack of, of, um, of any kind of energy. And, and, um, I, I'm just, I'm, 
I'm really, I'm really pissed. I'm pissed about this firing. You know, shame on the players. Shame on the players uh, in, in every aspect of the word. And I, I think the players wouldn't get mad at me saying that because I, I think they feel that in the locker room right now. I, I, I was thinking about it when he got fired because I'm like, man, we've lost a lot of coaches already this year in Minnesota, Ottawa, St. Louis, here, like uh, there's a few others. And I, I was thinking, I was trying to figure out, JR, why does this seem to be happening so much more in the last two years? I think we're up to 14 coaches in the last two years. And I think it comes down to the salary cap where – Teams, you know, think about the Doug Gilmore trade from Calgary to to uh, um, Toronto. You know, back then there'd be four or five guys in in a in a big trade, right? If they had, if they wanted to shake up the entire team, they could trade four or five guys. You don't see those type of trades anymore. They can't do it with the salary cap. So what happens is, to your point with with LA and Dubois was playing like crap, and and all of a sudden you're like. I can't trade a guy that's got that's got seven years left at eight million bucks because nobody else can afford to bring him on. So I got to fire the coach, and and I think that's a big part of why coaches right now are are in such a hot seat because these teams can't make the big trades that they used to be able to make. Who's the who's the goal? Is, is Cam Talbot the the, the 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 is he the goal? Yes. For, yes. He was he was representing the Kings at the All Star game this year. Correct. How how the hell is Cam Talbot at the All Star game, and they've just lost fifteen out of like 14, 14 out of fifteen games? I mean, there's there's no way that Cam Talbot is the best product that they can get out of LA. That's just ridiculous. I mean, where's Adrian Kempe? Where's I mean, obviously this Kopitar is a little bit is age a little bit, but um, no, <laughs> you know, Fiala. There's I mean, there's a bunch of guys. I mean, what about Pierre Luc Dubois? He's making eight and a half million. Why he isn't he on the All Star game? You know why? Because he's a lazy son of a bitch. Is what the well, problem is, and the whole you know team what? is being lazy. And I'll tell you what, the, Luke Robitaille and Rob uh, Rob Blake and Nelson Emerson, they're not going to stand for it. They they will they will make moves in order to get this team back on the rails and get in, make sure that they get into the playoffs. Well, can they? I don't know if they can. I don't know. They 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 brought in an interim coach. I think it's Miller off the top of my head. Then they they announced today that DJ Smith, the coach that got fired in Ottawa, they brought him down to be an assistant. You know what? At the beginning of the year, LA, the first two three months, they were fi- they were one of the best teams in the league. Are they are they not that good? I don't know. Isn't it I don't crazy? Know what they are right now. But isn't it crazy how how teams ebb and flow to that crazy of a of of a difference like either they're really good or they're really bad i mean edmonton went through it la's gone through it philly's been is going through it um it's 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 pretty unbelievable buffalo is a, is just a disaster in terms of inconsistency it, it, so I, I don't know i can't put my finger on it it's it's almost like everybody's give a shit meter is different every day of the week and it's almost like their 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 personalities and their attention span are all predicated on what happens to them through the week rather than just knowing when your games are Mm -hmm. what day it is what time the game starts and get ready to go and play and play at a hard level at a consistent level at a give a shit level that is consistent because this, 
it's it's just unbelievable. Are these players too comfortable because they make too much money? Hundred percent. A thousand. I agree. I completely agree with you because I was just going to bring up the St. Louis Blues. We'll get into Edmonton and and uh, their their uh, first game back from the All Star break is against Vegas, but we'll get to them in a second. But the St. Louis Blues had won five in a row. They had a chance on uh, their last game on Saturday night, or I'm sorry, on uh, on Wednesday night before the All-Star break, to win six in a row. They're at home to the Columbus Blue Jackets, okay? They have a chance to win six in a row. They're seventh, eighth in the, in the playoffs or in the standings at that point. They lay an egg at home to the Columbus Blue Jackets and lose 2-0. And to your point, do they just do they get comfortable and it's like, or they are, or maybe they're already thinking about getting on their private jet and going to Cabo the next day. I don't, I don't know, but I don't know how a National Hockey League team like the Blues, who's got great leadership in Braden Chen, can lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets at, at home when they're fighting for a playoff spot. I don't get it. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a different, it's a different world mentally. It's a different world preparation-wise. It's a different world grit-wise. And I think a little bit of pride-wise, too. I think pride, you know, having pride in the way you play, having pride in the way that you at your seat, how you prepare, um, how you work. And I just think that, that, that they just don't care as much because they got their money. They don't have to worry about a thing the rest of their life. I mean, they're, they're on easy street. Um, there's no fear what's driving them to be Good. You you know who you know who plays the best every day are the superstars. You know why? Because they have they have a pride and they have a they have a a desire to be known as one of the best ever, and they have that fighting co- competitive juices inside them to get to that point. So they prepare every single night. McKinnon, Crosby, um, McDavid, you know, Marchand. I mean, we can go up and down. The, these guys are prepared to play every single night because they want and they care about their legacy when they're done. Exactly. You played in nine all-star games, and I guarantee you every year you were going in the league going, I got to play well this year because I may not be in the league next year. I don't think they look at it. that. I don't think these players look at it like, like that anymore. The Jordan Kairos of the world. Well, it's, whether they, it's, it's not whether they think about it or not. It's like if they do, if they do get booted, they still have a contract, a guaranteed contract that's paid them millions of dollars that they can put in well, the that's bank. It. Jordan Kairou signs an eight times eight or nine million dollar contract, and he's twenty four years old. He's set for life. He doesn't. He, he can. He can dog it if he wants. So it, it's got to come from within inside of you. And I just don't think a lot of these players have what it have that intestinal fortitude like and i don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon but when you guys played it was a different mindset back you weren't millionaires at 22 23 years old no it's no we had to, we we had we had to be, be consistent we had to stay we had to play but um I, listen I'm, we're not bang it's it's a different world the players today are better players they're faster they're stronger they're more talented that that's fine. I don't mind them getting paid a lot of money. They should get paid a lot. No, of money. they should absolutely. But but what comes with a lot of money comes a lot of responsibility and a responsibility to give an honest effort, work hard, and be prepared to work hard every single night, not just showing up whenever you feel like it. Um, sports, t- talk about showing up whenever they feel like it. Um, 
is getting Kuznetsov a little trouble up in his his world right now, and it doesn't surprise me because he seems to be always has seemed to be aloof um, of a player, what so talented, but then sometimes you just don't even see him like he's not even there, and there's a reason for it. Yeah, yeah, he entered the substance abuse program today. No idea what's what's going on with him. Um, you know, he's an important part of that team. That team's a, a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. Without him in the lineup, that's going to be very difficult. to. Re- it's going to be really tough for them to replace him. Um, I hope it's not serious and he's back sooner rather than later. But we've had more and more players enter the substance abuse problem uh, program the last uh, the last four, five, six months. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, yeah. I, again, it's it's that day and age. Maybe they feel pressure, and that's their that's their out. Or again, you know, some of these kids that are single, maybe they don't have anything to look back on. That's what they're doing when they're off time. But um, yeah, we we never like to see anything like this happen uh, to players. We we obviously hope the best for getting his nets off that he gets in and and fixes himself uh, with whatever ailment is um, is bothering him. Uh, it could be it could it could be a number of different ailments, not just one. Um, from from hearing a lot of stories about Kuznetsov, but yeah. whatever the case may be, we hope he fixes it. But I'll tell you what, you know who this hurts the most is Alexander Ovechkin. Alexander Ovechkin, who can't can't seem to score very much this year. In, in, in general, they've lost you know his his big guy in Backstrom. Now they lost Kuznetsov. Uh, there's not really too many people else that can get him the puck in order to put that puck in the back of the net. Uh, I will be very surprised if he even gets to, tw- to 20 goals this year, uh, which agree. will be his worst season of all time. And his team is by far, um, I believe, uh, that was rolling for a little bit, is now going to go on a tailspin and have no chance to win this, no, to get to the playoffs. Who are, you, who are you excited to see the second half of the year? Who do you think is, is a team or, or a couple teams that are going to make a push and and maybe that aren't in the playoffs that are going to make the playoffs or yep. a team that's battling for first place. Who do you, who you know, are you I, looking I, forward to? I, 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 I think the Islanders are going to be somebody to watch really closely with Patrick Waugh getting down there. I think there's a team that is going to make a couple I trades. Agree. I think Lou mm-hmm. is going to go out and find somebody at the deadline. I think they're going to become a very difficult team to play against. Um, I, I, I would highly, highly hate playing against them in a playoff situation. And I think they're only going to get better. I think their first half of the year was very mediocre, and I think they are going to get better. Uh, Jersey, if they can get their people back healthy again and, and play to the level that they have, um, I think they could be good. But I am I really want the Arizona Coyotes to, to, to pick up one pace. I think they yeah. have a shot. They have a shot to get to the playoffs. I think it would be very important for their, for their club to get there. Obviously, financially uh, would be one of the reasons. But this team has worked so hard, and um, I think they have created a mentality and an identity that um, I know it's going to be hard for them to get there, but I would love to see the Coyotes make a, make a push for the playoffs. I think they can do it. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I would like to see them as well, but I don't think they're going to do it. I just I, – I think they were playing – they were almost playing like it was – off time the last month or so and I think they've kind of run out of some gas but talking about the Coyotes Marty Walsh who uh, who used to be with the US government and is now the head of the uh, Players Association he ripped for 15 minutes on the Arizona Coyotes ownership group about 
basically how you know his players, how an NHL team is playing in in a five thousand seat arena. So that was pretty pretty honest, and and I'm sure the commissioner didn't like it. But Marty Marty's fed up with what's going on in Arizona, and I think a lot of yeah. people are. Something's got to yeah. happen, Jr. Something's got to happen. There's no question. I would like to see. I would like to see. I would like to see Minnesota take a nice, nice change upward. Also, uh, those fans deserve it up there. I think what Billy Guerin's put together. Um, you know, I always want to see Billy Guerin and Mike Medano uh, succeed. So I'd like. I would like to see Minnesota make a good push and start playing a little bit more consistent hockey as well. Yeah, I I agree. I just uh, you know, as far as the the ownership group in Arizona, you've got Salt Lake City. There are rumors uh, that they they want back or they want in. Yeah, rumors are going back to Atlanta. They're saying that the building's already been approved. I don't. I you know we both you and I were in the league when Atlanta was in. It wasn't a hockey. Yeah, I, I you know throw Atlanta out. Throw Atlanta I, out. I think Atlanta's done. Atlanta's call. done. You, you, you've you've gone there twice now. It hasn't worked out. Uh, those fans down there are not. They're not. They're not good fans. I'd I mean, look, 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 look what they something. did. Look what they did for the Braves. And the Braves went to the to the World Series. How many times out of in the nineties and you know, they get minimal, minimal fans. Football is really the only thing that draws fans in Atlanta or UGA or university of Georgia, you know, with the bulldogs, but um, yeah, throw Atlanta out for the national hockey league. It is not a hockey, hockey no, hotbed no. and they're just going to lose money there. I'd rather go to Houston. I would rather go to, I'd rather go to Salt Lake city. Uh, I would, I'd rather even go to Quebec city. Than, than to go uh, down to Atlanta, but that would be my last choice. But for nine hundred million, they'll probably go anywhere right now because that's you're talking thirty million a team. Like that yeah. is. Well, I'll tell you, know. it'll look really bad on Gary Bettman if they put another team in Atlanta, and four years or three years from now, there's there's five thousand people in the seats and yeah. they have to move again. That will be an embarrassing situation on the league, and I, they have to be thinking about that and uh, talking about Atlanta being one of the first choices. I can't see it being one of them. No, no, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. But um, anyway, that was – hey, listen, it was a fun weekend. We got the second – last 30 games coming up in the National Hockey League. I think we're going to see a lot of dynamic stuff happening. Uh, will Connor McDavid catch Nikita Kucherov? He's uh, 16 points behind, 18 points behind. Uh, it's a far, it's a big far cry and a tough job. But if anybody can do it, Connor McDavid can do it. Um, I think uh, McKinnon has the best chance of, I think, yep. of, of because of the team around him. Um, we'll see if this, if this, this um, all star, uh, I guess this all star. Uh, what's 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 the best word I can use for Nikita Kucherov's um, brutal. Um, you're, uh, you're sour. You're sour about that, aren't you? Well, you know this. Hey, this this might this might this could have an effect on him in the second half. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Maybe I'll come back and show everybody why he's so good and why he's been so good. But uh, if I had to put my money on somebody, McKinnon's going to run away with the uh, with the scoring title. But that's that's my prediction. Pittsburgh uh, has the record for 17 wins in a row. Uh, Edmonton's at 16 right now. They play tomorrow night in Vegas, the first game back from the All-Star break. Uh, that's going to be a tough game for them in Vegas, but if they do, they'll have 17 wins in a row, which is remarkable. They could not have a tougher game coming off, coming off uh, eight days off. 
to right. come back and go play in one of the rowdiest buildings in the National Hockey League against one of the best teams in the National Hockey League in Vegas. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to predict that the uh, Edmonton Oilers run is done. You might be right. You might be well, right. Well, I know what else is done. Our Snipes and Stripes Weekend Edition for today. It was a great little show. Uh, sorry we had it a little bit later, but um, you guys are listening on tape, so it doesn't really matter. It's a beautiful thing that you guys can download this, hopefully enjoy it. Watch our show on Wednesdays on nofilter.net. It is Snipes and Stripes, 7 o'clock Eastern time, 4 o'clock Pacific. My partner, Tim Peel, say a little fine goodbye, and we will see you guys on Wednesday. Sounds good, buddy. I uh, I missed having, there was no football this weekend and no hockey, so I'm looking forward to getting back into it this week. And, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about who's going to win the Super Bowl on Wednesday. That's right. Wednesday. That's again, Wednesday, nofilter.net, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific. It's Snipes and Stripes weekend edition wrapping up. Have a good week.